From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And in this edition, some happy news amidst a lot of uh, sad and discouraging news about the COVID-19 pandemic here uh, this spring. Uh, we are going to be talking about vocations and uh, the fact that the Archdiocese has a uh, banner crop of uh, new uh, deacons and priests this year, a total of 17, including nine transitional deacons and uh, eight uh, priests, including my guest for this podcast, the Reverend Mr. Daniel Duplantis of Louisiana. Uh, Reverend Mr. Duplantis, soon to be Father Duplantis, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, Taylor. And uh, so first of all, uh, I, I know I speak for um, military Catholics, but Catholics everywhere. Thank you. Thank you for your commitment to the priesthood and uh, uh, the promises you will soon take to uh, become a, a new priest and hopefully soon a, an Air Force chaplain. Yes, that's so, much appreciated. So uh, let's, uh, let, let's go back a little, uh, and I should share with our listener before we get underway uh, uh, Daniel, you and I share a common background in that uh, you are uh, you were born and raised in Louisiana, a wonderful place. I worked there professionally for for many years, uh, both in uh, New Orleans and uh, up north in Monroe and Shreveport. I know the state well. Uh, it has a vibrant Catholic community, and um, you are of that culture and that uh, that background. Uh, tell me, uh, let's start from the beginning. Where did you first hear the call to become a Catholic priest? For me, it was really just in the home. Uh, I grew up in a very Catholic family, uh, come from a very deep Cajun culture, and the Acadians came from the area of Nova Scotia down to southern Louisiana, and so they brought with them the Catholic faith. Um, and so just kind of growing up in that environment, uh, it was very much encouraged in my family. Uh, we went to Mass every weekend, and uh, just going to Mass and seeing our priest, I saw him as a very uh, excited man, just on fire with the Holy Spirit, and something always kind of called out to me, and I told myself, I want that. You know, whatever he's got, that happiness, that, that energy, I want to share in that, and, and that kind of stuck with me since I was probably about four years old. And you grew up in Homa, Louisiana, is that correct? That's correct. And so uh, what was the name of the priest who inspired you so? His name was Father Thomas Boudry. He is still a priest for our diocese, and he works with Food for the Poor with the Haiti Missions. Uh, and he also gave me my first communion and also my first soul uh, whenever he was leaving our parish. And he is also going to be vesting me uh, at my ordination. And what was your home parish there in Homa? My home parish is St. Louis Catholic Church. It's in a little suburb of Homa called Bayou Blue, a beautiful little country parish. And Homa is uh, southwest of New Orleans, what, about 60 miles or so? About 60 miles, yeah, that's correct. And uh, so, okay, you uh, decided from an early age you wanted to be a priest. What about the Air Force? Where did that come from? So that kind of came uh, probably not long after I received my first communion. I had an uncle who had married into the family, and he was serving in the Army. And uh, so every time we had hurricanes in Louisiana, wherever he was assigned at his base stateside was normally our hurricane evacuation location. Uh, so we would get to go um, stay with them whenever we had hurricanes. And I think, uh, especially of Hurricane Gustav, back in the fall of 2008, 
I was just starting high school in uh, the junior ROTC program, so we evacuated to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, where they were staying. Uh, got to see the base, get to see the environment, meet a chaplain while I was there. Uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then how the Air Force kind of came into that, um, when I entered seminary, my uncle told me I should consider becoming a chaplain uh, because we needed more priests in the military. And so I took it seriously. I contacted recruiters from the Army, Navy, and Air Force Chaplain Corps and um, kind of sat with each one in prayer. And um, both of my grandfathers served in the Air Force, so I was kind of leaning towards that. And I told my bishop, and um, long story short, he said he felt like he had a debt to the Air Force and he owed them a priest. Um, so he said, here you are. He said, you have my blessing. And who is your bishop? My bishop is Shelton Fobb. Okay, so uh, uh, you, you uh, all this came together for you. Uh, uh, you mentioned Hurricane Gustav. I remember it well, the uh, fall of uh, 2008. Um, and so uh, when did you enter seminary? I entered seminary in the fall semester of 2013. So what I did was I graduated high school. I spent a year at McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana, that's southwest Louisiana, in the heel of the boot. I was a music education major, did that for a year, and it was there that really felt the call to seminary become very strong um, and decided that it was time to, to do it, time to go in and entered in the fall of 2013. What kind of reaction did you get from your family, your friends? No one was surprised, no one in the slightest. Um, and uh, everybody back home said they just kind of pecked me for it. Uh, Mom and Dad, they always said they never wanted to push me towards it nor away from it. They figured if it was going to happen, it would happen on its own, and it did. Um, many of my friends were always very encouraging, uh, just growing up in South Louisiana. Even going to public school, um, most of my friends were Catholic, and we would go to the same youth conferences in the area, and they always kind of pecked me for that person. And a uh, funny little story, for CCD, we had an assignment where we had to put together a parish and assign our classmates as different staff members of the parish. Everybody asked me to be their priest. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I don't think anybody was surprised. Okay, so which seminary did you enter? I entered at St. Joseph Seminary and College, also known as St. Bent, in Covington, Louisiana. And you were there for how long? I was there for three years for undergraduate. And then you moved to Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. And somewhere along the line, you joined the Air Force Reserve, where you're now a second lieutenant? Yes. And so how do you juggle that uh, with uh, all your um, responsibilities and work that you have to do in the seminary, finding time to uh, take part in the reserves? Right. So the great thing about the Chaplain Candidate Program, uh, at least for the Air Force, is that all of our training is done during the summer. Uh, they realize that we are full-time students, in fact, um, to be in the chaplain candidate program, you do have to be enrolled in a graduate school of theology. So that's kind of built into the program is that expectation that you are in school in the fall and spring semesters. So normally our training tours, at least for the Air Force, um, your first summer is going to be about eight to ten weeks. Um, and then subsequent summers are about five weeks. You'll do um, basically like an internship at a base. You'll shadow a chaplain. And, and uh, so I'll be doing a tour in Utah this summer. It's my second five-week tour. Utah? Yes, Hill Air Force Base, Utah. Have you been out there before? Not to Utah. I think I've actually, well, I've flown through it once before, but never got to visit the city. So it'll be nice to get to see you on the ground. And has your experience in the Air Force Reserve lived up to your expectations? 
Oh, without a doubt. It really is the best of both worlds, uh, being clergy and then also being in the military. I love what I get to do. The people in the military are fantastic, and they love their chaplains. I've noticed that as they really do love their chaplains. They have such a respect for you. But, you know, if you do the, if you go there, you, you meet them at their jobs, you learn about their life and what they do in the Air Force, you know, that goes a long way with them. Notre Dame Seminary is a, a, a magnificent um, building to begin with. Um, you can tell us more about the uh, education you've received there, but I just want to share a quick story. Uh, back when I was a reporter for the CBS station WWL back in the early 80s, I remember a, a guy with a gun got loose in the seminary. And it was on a Sunday afternoon, and we spent all afternoon uh, waiting for the police to flush this guy out. They finally did, and uh, nobody was hurt. But that's one of the stories I remember about uh, Notre Dame Seminary. I can, I'm sure you have a whole different perspective. Uh, what, what has it been like? Uh, going through Notre Dame Seminary there in New Orleans? So Notre Dame it was almost a bit of a culture shock because my college seminary was a monastery that was settled on a thousand acres of forest. Uh, so graduate from St. Ben's, go to Notre Dame, which um, when it was founded uh, almost 100 years ago, the seminary was in the middle of a cow pasture, and New Orleans kind of grew up around it and swallowed it up. So now it's in, in the mid-city area. Indeed it is, right there on Carrollton. It is, yes, yeah, right in the middle of the city. We actually have a good view uh, from our, our balcony of, uh, of the downtown area, the Superdome. Um, so it's right there in the middle of the city. Um, so it's uh, a little bit noisier than the college seminary, but at least it's got some life to it. Okay, well, tell us about the uh, course of study, your experience as a seminarian there in New Orleans, uh, the Big Easy. Uh, is it difficult to keep your mind on the Lord in a city, in the city that care for God? Um, not so much. I, uh, I find the building itself is, is usually very quiet on the inside, uh, and the seminary does a really good job of fostering uh, a prayerful attitude. Um, it's a very, very good program at, at Notre Dame, very uh, good academically. We have some great professors. In fact, one of the things that happened when Archbishop Amon got there was a capital campaign specifically for uh, hiring and maintaining the best faculty we could find. Um, and that included professors like Dr. Grant Petrie, who is a scripture scholar down here, um, guys like him and several others. Uh, very good academic program. Uh, also very good with our pastoral ministry. We have, uh, for our deacon internships, we do a five-month internship in a parish in our diocese. And that constitutes about half of our fall semester. Uh, so we get a lot of good hands-on experience as deacons. We go back in the fall and finish up studies. So you've been at Notre Dame for how long now? Four years. Four years. And uh, what was your uh, degree that you got from uh, St. Joseph's? At St. Joseph's, I received a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy. Got and it. At Notre Dame, a Master of Divinity. Master of Divinity. Got you. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're going to uh, hopefully go on active duty in the U.S. Air Force uh, maybe, what, three years from now or so? Three years from now, correct. And in the meantime, um, under the agreement, uh, the co-sponsored seminarian agreement that the the Archdiocese for the Military Services has with participating dioceses and archdioceses around the country, uh, we uh, jointly support your uh, uh, your time in a seminary and your preparation uh, for priesthood. Part of the deal is that you'll spend uh, three years there in uh, your home diocese of, of Homa uh, doing pastoral work. Uh, any idea what uh, where you'll be assigned, what you'll be doing for the next uh, two or three years? 
Yes, actually, I received my phone call from the bishop last week about my assignment. Um, I'll be assigned as the associate pastor, at least for the next year, at St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church in Thibodeau, which is also on the campus of Nichols State University. So I'll be serving a lot of the college students here, which really, really works well with, with you know, going active duty down the road, because this is a lot of the age group I'll be working with, you know, 18, 19-year-olds right out of high school. Yeah, a lot of uh, military, obviously, is heavily made up of young adults in that age group and maybe a little older. Um, so will you be working in campus ministry? or? Uh, to... Yes, so uh, we do have focus missionaries here as well. So what I'll be doing is working with our focus missionaries, um, just kind of being in and around the campus student center. We have a cafeteria attached to the church, uh, which Monday through Thursday is just full of college students. Uh, outside of pandemic, obviously. <laughs> um, but we also do things. We have a golf cart that we have rigged for hearing confessions. Our priests will usually sit on the back of the golf cart somewhere, either in the quad or by the stadium, uh, and just hear confessions. And we've been doing uh, drive-through confessions here. Uh, I've kind of been just directing the traffic while the two priests here hear confessions, but they'll take turns on the back of the golf cart uh, on the college campus. Uh, I see. And uh, where, where is that exactly that this is taking place now? Is that at your... Uh... In Homa there, or uh, this is Thibodeau. I've actually I've been fortunate okay. enough to be living here uh, at the uh, at the university. For I the see, last approximately I, two months. I see. Okay, all right. Well, uh, you bring up COVID nineteen, uh, something we've been talking a lot about. Your uh, the the Archbishop there in New Orleans, uh, Bishop, Archbishop uh, Amon, uh, was uh, tested positive uh, for coronavirus. He's uh, since recovered. I understand. Uh, yes. What what has been the general uh, uh, impact on the practice of faith there uh, in Louisiana. New Orleans in particular was hard hit. It was, and, and that's what, you know, when we were looking uh, probably about, it was about halfway through March when the first case appeared in Louisiana, and then from there by the end of that week, I think the first positive case was on a Monday. By Friday, the governor had announced essentially almost a stay-at-home order. Um, many of the universities and schools in Louisiana were shutting down. Um, that's now for the rest of the school year. Um, the schools are all closed down. Everything's online education. Um, the seminary gave us the option to either stay at school, uh, basically on more or less a lockdown quarantine state, or to go home. Um, I opted to come back to the diocese to finish studies, uh, which has been great hands-on experience. Um, as far as, you know, my last semester, it's, it's been, you know, this is an experience you can't get at the seminary, being at the parish. And at least in our diocese, what's done is almost all of our priests now are live-streaming their masses daily. Uh, that includes, you know, daily masses, week, uh, Sunday masses on the weekends, uh, Stations of the Cross. We've been live-streaming as much as possible, uh, which has been very well received. And we actually just this past weekend had our first public masses again for the first time. Uh, and those have been held outside. But the governor has now released new um, restrictions entering phase one of the president's uh, protocols. So we are now opening our church doors again to 25% of our fire marshal capacity. Uh, so we're slowly getting back to some sense of normalcy, not quite exactly what it was before, but at least we're opening our doors again. And uh, is that statewide? Does that include New Orleans? For the most part, that's statewide, yes. Uh, a lot of, we were following very closely the governor's uh, restrictions, and uh, the bishops of Louisiana are very, very close, so they keep in contact on a regular basis about what are they doing in each of their dioceses, you know, kind of collaborating to make sure that as a province we're more or less doing the same things. 
So if all goes according to schedule, uh, you will be ordained a priest on June 6th. That's and, correct, and we're, we're rolling with that date no matter what. And uh, will that be an open uh, mass, or will it be a small, very small congregation? It'll be very small. Uh, we're going to follow whatever restrictions the governor has in place. Uh, so we're expecting for that time to still be at 25% capacity, so more than likely it'll be um, the priest of our diocese, since our chrism mass was not held publicly, uh, we'll have the priest there um, spread out throughout the church, as well as our immediate family. Um, and, and we, you know, talked to several family members. We had the option to either postpone or keep it on June 6th, but the consensus was that people want to see us ordained. People want us to get out in the parishes and, and helping out with these masses and confessions. Um, so we decided to keep it where it was. And we'll have the public celebration of our masses of Thanksgiving at a later date when those can be held with the whole parishes. How many will be ordained along with you? It's myself and one other. I see. Uh, you're the, obviously the only uh, uh, prospective chaplain of the two. Correct. Any idea where you'll say your first Mass? It'll be at my home parish um, at St. Louis in Homa. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be just for my family because it's not going to be held publicly yet. Um, and rather than, you know, first come, first serve or having to tell people you can't come to the Mass, we're just going to we'll have a bigger Mass of Thanksgiving for the entire parish later. But my essentially my first Mass after the ordination will be just for my family. And that will be an intimate uh, gathering. Correct. Uh, uh, so, um, you've been working on this, uh, for, well, you were at, uh, you've been at, uh, Notre Dame for seminary for four years before that St. Joseph's in Covington, Louisiana for what, three Correct. years. So you've been yeah. working toward this goal for seven years now, and here it is, uh, about to happen. How do you feel? You're going to be a priest. You're going to be father, <laughs> father, Daniel DePlantis. It's unreal how fast the time has gone by. Um, I entered seminary at 19 years old. I just turned 26 on May 2nd. And to say that, you know, I'm, I'm seven years older, uh, it almost doesn't seem like that because, you know, for the most part, even though I was at two different seminaries throughout this process, you have more or less the same schedule. You know, morning prayer, evening prayer, mass, uh, your classes, pastor assignments, it's been more or less the same schedule. And so while I have the sense of normalcy for seven years, the whole world outside the seminary um, really, really changed a lot. And, and, you know, coming back to the diocese and um, interacting with people, you could tell a lot changes. And um, the seminary really does feel like a bubble at some times, especially with the routine. You mentioned earlier that uh, the, uh, you know, the shortage of uh, chaplains in the Air Force, uh, the fact is the, the military, all branches, Air Force, uh, Army and Navy are, are suffering a tremendous shortage of Catholic priests. I think we're down now to about 200, uh, uh, whereas around the time of 9-11, uh, there were uh, over 400, and, and going back years before that, many more. Um, so I know that the Air Force welcomes you. And, uh, uh, let me ask you a, a little philosophical question here. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the gospel preaches peace, and um, you love your neighbor as yourself, and love the God, uh, God Almighty, uh, first and foremost. Uh, yet the military in itself has uh, a mission of, uh, you know, defending the country and, if necessary, going to war. Um, how do you uh, how do you justify those two in your mind? How, where, where do you, how do you reconcile uh, uh, your vocation on the one hand to spread 
the, the, the good news of the gospel, and on the other, ready to accompany the men and women who serve our nation in uniform into battle if necessary. Yeah, so a lot of that for me has to do with you know, recognizing, first of all, that I am a non-combatant uh, as a chaplain candidate, later as a chaplain, um, that people in the military also still need the sacraments, that you know, faith is a huge part of what the military does, and especially in the Air Force, we talk about different types of, of resiliencies, one of those is spiritual resiliency. That's something that, you know, even at the, 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 the highest levels of the military, we recognize that spiritual resiliency is incredibly important. Um, and also, you know, we get some of this at, uh, in, in training. You know, at commissioned officer training, we had a whole course on what's called profession of arms, that this is the military, um, that this is, you know, the profession that fights wars. Um, but at the same time, there's also a sense of service. Um, and the military thinks this out very well also as far as, you know, uh, principle of double effect and just war theory. They do their homework on that. Um, there's a little bit of that when we get to, to training. Um, but that was actually one of my, um, my advocacy briefings at boot camp was um, just war theory, especially that of Aquinas, uh, applied to how do we justify the fighting of wars? What, uh, what means do we use? Because, again, um, the means never justify the ends. Uh, so that's looking at it that way a lot of the time, that this is something that the Church has um, defined more or less, you know, maybe not definitively, but at least to say this is possible, that, you know, we wouldn't have an archdiocese for the military, we wouldn't have priests in the military if this wasn't thought out before. So I, just, I trust a lot in, you know, the people ahead of me, the vocation directors, the, um, the bishops, uh, that if this is allowed for, then, you know, I have every freedom in the world to be able to commit to serving in the military as a priest. And some of the great saints were uh, warriors at one time. Uh, you can think of Joan of Arc, uh, St. Ignatius, and, and others. Um, and, uh, you know, I suppose that the training you undergo to be a priest uh, overlaps uh, somewhat with the training you have in the military in the sense that uh, both the priesthood and the chaplaincy, anyone who's in the military, uh, follows a, a chain of command. Uh, you, you, you mentioned service. It's all about service. It's all about respect. Uh, have you found that the uh, two vocations, the your vocation as a priest and the vocation within a vocation to be a chaplain, uh, mutually support or complement each other? Absolutely, because a lot of it comes down to values and virtues. Uh, the virtues that usually the military holds are also in line with the Catholic faith. Um, you know, when you think about things like service, um, integrity, all the virtues that we use, that the military expects a very high quality of life from us as far as, um, you know, personal qualities. You know, who are we? They want good people. They want people who are willing to serve, um, willing to do what's necessary. We hear a lot about secularization all through our society. We see it every day, and it's also present there in the military. Going into the military as a priest, you have your work cut out for you. Uh, how, do you, how do you suppose that uh, you'll uh, uh, prepare yourself to deal with some of those secularist influences as you embark on a career in the military? I think um, one of the important things is to make sure that even, you know, now that I've graduated seminary, is to keep my intellectual formation going, that, you know, I never stop learning, formation never stops. Uh, so keeping up with readings and things like that, especially in terms of philosophy and theology, because one of the things that, you know, I've noticed at boot camp was the role of the chaplains advising command. Um, and several of the exercises we did just in our flights, you know, in our squads, uh, focused on 
philosophical questions, you know, hot-button issues. Um, and I'll, I guarantee you that almost every single issue, the chaplains had a very different perspective than the doctors and the lawyers and everybody else. Um, so we bring something very unique to the table. You know, we bring a very, uh, even not just the religious side, but just the philosophical side. We see things differently, and I think that helps to combat the secularism, that we bring a perspective um, of thinking things through logically and rationally, um, that can meet the secularism, but then we take that logic and that rationalism and we bring faith into it and show that the two are compatible, they're not at odds with each other. So, uh, in the time you have left before ordination, you're there at, uh, uh, in Thibodeau at uh, Nickel State University. Uh, that's where you'll be uh, uh, until, uh, until when? How long will you be there? I'm not too sure yet. Um, I'm thinking the assignment is at least for a year. Uh, usually associate assignments for uh, newly ordained priests will, you know, are typically on a year-by-year basis, and the bishop will keep updating that, especially in my situation being here in the diocese for um, three years before active duty. Uh, it'll more than likely be a year-by-year basis, so I'm anticipating at least a year here, possibly two. What made you choose the Air Force? Uh, did your uh, either of your folks uh, have a military background? Neither of my parents, but both of my grandfathers did. Um, and so, uh, you know, her, you know, they talked about it all the time growing up, and um, uh, my, especially my mom's father uh, really, really enjoyed his experience, and um, uh, he said if he could have served longer, he would have. <laughs> um, but uh, that definitely had an influence in it. Um, just looking at, you know, what each particular chaplain court does, because um, you have to find what each chaplain court is, is a good fit for you as well. You know, uh, if you get seasick, you might not be too well off in the Navy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So if you're afraid of heights, you might not fare too well in the Air Force. Right. Um, so, you know, you got to take, you know, take into account your personality, the things that, you know, you can do, your own abilities, uh, and just find what's a good match. And for me, I felt the Air Force was the best fit. Um, I love flying. I've always had a fascination with airplanes. And, um, you know, I get to every base I go to, I, I do some research ahead of time and find out what planes are being flown there, you know. I want to be able to talk to the, the pilots, the maintainers, and make sure that, you know, I know their job. I'm able to connect with them on that level. If that means that I have to initiate that by knowing their aircraft, I'll do it. So, yeah. How many uh, siblings do you have, if any? I have two. I have a twin brother and a younger sister who's four years younger. I see. And your twin brother, uh, what, is, what does he think of your, your vocation? He's very supportive of it. Um, a lot of people thought that uh, possibly both of us would end up as priests. Uh, and, in fact, one time he was... Uh, he was the one going to the discernment retreats. I never made a discernment retreat before seminary. Um, so the only people who, I guess you could say, were surprised it was me going to the seminary were the people in Lake Charles who were both at McNeese together uh, for college. And so they thought that he was the one who was leaving because he did the discernment retreat. And, and um, what, what, what career direction did he take? He is a band director, so he is uh, teaching elementary school music. He just finished his third year. And both of you are musically inclined. Do you play an instrument? I do. I play saxophone. Uh, when I was in college band, I also marched saxophone. Wow. Multi-talented uh, man with a, a lot of intellectual accomplishment and curiosity and a uh, uh, big career awaiting you in the United States Air Force. Yes. The Reverend Mr. Daniel Duplantis, uh, a uh, transitional deacon in uh, uh, currently in Thibodeau, Louisiana, uh, who will be ordained a priest for the uh, Diocese of Homa, Louisiana, on June 6th.
um, and uh, uh, to uh, on track to become a uh, U.S. Air Force chaplain uh, uh, to go on to active duty sometime in the next uh, three years or so. Um, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, talking to me today, and uh, once again, uh, thank you for your um, decision and your commitment uh, to become a, a Catholic priest and a U.S. Air Force chaplain. Uh, your services are greatly needed, and um, I wish you the very best in, in uh, my prayers for you. Thank you. I appreciate it.